Hello and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. And with me, suffering with me, I guess I should say, is Kieran Oaks. How's it going, big man? Yeah, I mean, I started today off quite optimistic and then watching that Red Bull launch has sort of drained every bit of positivity I had left out of me. Um, so I'm just <laughs> sitting here in my safe space, which is my kitchen. Um, I know this is going on YouTube, so um, hope you enjoy. But yeah, not great. <laughs> no, it's... The reason why it's not great is that even, God, I want to say five hours after it actually happened live, we're still recovering from, and don't get me wrong, I'm not exactly keeping an expansive record on this, but one of the worst car launches in a Formula One climate I have ever seen. Like, this, this was... This was horrifically bad on every level here. And I mean, we had to sit through it on Twitch. And the amount of time filling we had to do was just, it was off the charts bad. You get the impression that Red Bull really wanted to go for something grand and like a, a big entry to the season. Obviously, announce big announcements to make a new car reveal. But I feel like they sort of, half-arsed it so it wasn't particularly quick and efficient mm. and for the fans but it equally wasn't a spectacle it was just kind of nothing and i think that's probably there's going to be words had back at hq after this one i would have thought well yeah I, I just think it was a bit of a botch on every level i mean don't get me wrong this is not all on red bull's fault um we'll get into some of the details regarding that i mean the countdown didn't help to start off with. Now, by the time we went live, we went live at 1 p.m. UK time. And then the YouTube page that, they, that, that was going to host this stream of the season launch said it was going to start at 1.30, even though we'd been told it was going to be 2 p.m. So we were sitting here going, have they made it half an hour early? Uh, have they, have, are they gonna, is it like a second countdown that's coming? And then we turned out it was a second countdown that was coming that was 30 minutes after the live show had started that we finally have the show actually start. And even then, they'd added 10 minutes to the countdown as it was going on, which confused everybody because it was being hosted in three different places, including their own websites. And even then, it wasn't synced up to the other pages. So we were just scrambling around like headless chickens, trying to figure out which one's closest to real time. And the thing is, when you're dealing with stuff like this, with technical difficulties and things changing, you've really got to be delivering something worth waiting for. And I think that's, I think we'll get, we'll get into that, but that's mm. where it really went downhill. Yeah, we, we, it was already pushing people's patience because like you've scheduled an event, you've added a 40 minutes countdown on top of that before the show even starts. And it was like everybody's worst fear that it was going to be fluff to start off with. But even beforehand, this was like a second show in the sense of it was second in the priority list because the cat was already out of the bag by now that Ford was was tying up with Red Bull. And obviously you'll hear more about that on the network in, in the news and other content as it comes through. But 
the story about Ford leaked last night. So we'd already all kind of known what was going to happen or that what was what was going to get mentioned at some point during this live show. So the big story had already leaked out. And then Ford released their press release before the, the season event had even started. And people had clearly already put two and two together that Ford announced before the season review had start or season launch had started. And then Red Bull had started the show at the same time. And we're all just going, well, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen here then. And then uh, Ford confirmed that it was Red Bull they were teaming up with again before Red Bull addressed it in their season event. So, yeah. like, surely it's not that difficult to communicate between two organizations and plan things for a certain time, especially with such high production value. Which I mean, yeah. didn't it didn't seem high production value at times, but it was. No, like, so. this was a big show in the middle of Times Square, New York, and <laughs> like, like like you said, Ford's second press release had dropped mere minutes before Red Bull had actually unveiled their car, and they they had announced that it was going to now be Red Bull full for Red Bull Ford powertrains. So the, again, both cats were already out of the bag by then, and by the time the show had actually started. The presenters, um, and when one of them was, uh, and I like to call them like Wish.com Matthew McConaughey. Um, bless him, he tried. Um, amazing deep South Texas accent, which I thought was oh, great. I love the voice, love the Lo voice, love the voice. And then the other presenter, bless her, this poor woman, can't remember her name, but she had the Britney Spears style like concert microphone. You know, the one that you dangle next to your mouth when you're in, like, I'm sure you've seen it in music concerts and things like that, right? And then her earring kept banging against the microphone, which meant that we could hear the feedback of the earring banging against the wire as these interviews were taking place. And like, the thing is, how do you not notice that? Like, in preparation for that. How would you not notice that's happening? And I joked on the stream, I was like, oh, someone's going to run on and take it off her. And they hadn't realized until afterwards where one of our team pointed out they did exactly that. Yeah, she they, had one earring in. Yeah, they, they, was, they told her to take it off about 15 minutes into the show is what we found out in the end. Because, rather yeah. than move the microphone or tape it down as any regular person would. <laughs> oh, man. Was, 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 was there not a dress rehearsal going into this? Surely that would have come up. You don't just put your earrings in specifically for a show. Isn't that normally just what you wear? And then surely they would have figured out that that was something that you would need to address at some point. And I just... the, the thing is, with all of these things, I know people are probably thinking, oh, you're being very petty. I wouldn't sure. be mentioning them at all if it wasn't for the fact that every element of the actual content was just sort of, I guess, impressive visually, but also nothing, absolutely nothing. And Look, it's a Red Bull season launch. That covers a lot of ground. We know this. They've got a lot of teams, a lot of fingers in many different pies. But this is Formula One launch season. The main thing people are there for, and you know that because you dedicate most of your time to it, is the racing team very successfully. So why are we talking to a fencer? I mean, maybe, maybe there is a large fencing community who they were tuned in for that, and they were absolutely ecstatic. But just... There's so much filler, and none of it provided me with anything. I didn't feel anything about it. And then you get the car reveal, but we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that. Ever wondered how free-to-access tech giants make all their money? Well, one way is by tracking your searches, video history, and everything you click on by building a profile on you and then sending off your sensitive data. 
When you use the ExpressVPN app on your computer or phone, the software hides your IP address from third parties. That makes your activity more difficult for companies to trace and sell to advertisers, and it helps keep your online presence more anonymous. What's more, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from eavesdroppers and cybercriminals. That's why ExpressVPN is rated number one by CNET, Wired, TechRadar, and countless others. Secure your internet with the VPN I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash WTF1. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash WTF1 to get free extra months free with my exclusive link. That's expressvpn.com slash WTF1. I was hoping that it wasn't just going to be another case of corporate fluff to fill out the time in these car launches. Because every time you watch a car launch, they never get to the chase. They never reveal the car straight away. It's always, well, while you're here, while we've got your attention, you know, we're going to talk about a bunch of other things like the, like your car, your brand, whatever you're aiming for, your aspirations. Instead, we've got a sit-down interview with a bunch of other Red Bull athletes, even though Red Bull, I'm sure know that 90% of its audience, probably more than 90% of them, are here for the car. <laughs> and we'd already had a delayed countdown. We'd already had your main event story leak beforehand. You're already testing your audience's patience. And then you drop those interviews. Then you drop another interview with Daniel Ricardo, where he doesn't really say very much. You had Christian Horner come up and not say very much. I mean... Listen, the Mr. Doodle bit was probably the best part of the pre-show, and that was about two minutes long of him sketching on a blank. That was and the it, blank it, canvas. It's also it's always disappointing when the car that you were showing is just a little concept car halfway through your launch is by far superior and more exciting than the actual car you're revealing. Well, it's a classic Red Bull thing, isn't it? Where it's just like, oh, like the test cars and the dummy liveries and the ones that you're not actually going to be racing with are better than the actual branded livery that you use during Grand Prix. And this was probably another example of that, because it reminded me a lot of the Dazzle camo car they had. They had, I think, when they brought testing back at Haref, and they had the Dazzle cam sort of like, you know, like the old battleship sort of camo that you get um, from that era. And it looked really cool on an F1 car. And my, my friend's got a die cast of it, I'm jealous of. Um, but they never actually used it in a race. And this is another example of that to almost like tease your audience to thinking, well, we could do something better, but then we just choose not to. So again, we're sitting here with our patients already largely exhausted. And I think by the time we had started going live, Kieran, I think it was about an hour 45 minutes of time filling and fluff and filler and botched countdowns and technical problems. And then they finally play the the, the 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 preview video showing off their new car with some of their American demo runs. And then they lift the screen up and here's the RB19 and it's exactly the sodding same as last year's. Yeah. Oh. And I think like appropriately, because they decided to fill the room with influencers, um, there was pure silence as everyone was just <laughs> with their phones taking pictures of it. So firstly, the influence is getting a very disappointing picture because, I mean, anyone could have guessed what it would look like. And secondly, it meant just such a subpar reaction. Like, no cheering, no clapping, really. Just not a big deal. And look, 
I get that. I get Red Bull have got such a strong identity. It works. Why change it? It looks good. Like it's we were. It's worth mentioning that because we sound very critical. It is a design. It's a cool looking car. Yeah, don't absolutely. get us wrong. Mm. But we, you just think of Red Bull as an innovative, pushing the envelope a bit. And with branding and marketing being so much a part of Formula One now, you think that they would just do something a little bit different because, like, at the end of the day, if you've got Red Bull merchandise, for example, from four years ago, it really doesn't look a huge amount different now. And I, I get I get brand, I get the importance of branding, but I think it's just a bit wishful thinking from everyone. We sort of want something a little bit different, so we get ourselves disappointed, and it's kind of our fault. I, I would say give the fans an excuse to spend their money is what I would look at it as. I mean, yes... It's a good branding. It's a, The delivery is clean in a vacuum. I think it looks great. If we'd seen this for the first time, like we did probably three or four years ago, it's a great livery. It's clean. It's to the point. It, it marks out the Red Bull brand. I think it ticks every box. When you've seen it for the last four years now, and the team year is largely the same, um, it doesn't exactly breed excitement, unfortunately. There's no, and it, again, delivery, we've seen the differences in the pictures in the studio. It's virtually identical. It is like 98% the same car. So when you've had an hour of 45 plus of pre-show filler, corporate waffle, interviews that didn't need to be there, a, a half drab crowd and then finally seeing the car and then the car is the same. It makes you wonder why the hell we all bothered showing up here. I mean, we, but, but then you remember, mm. but then you remember Dre, because the president of formula one, Stefano Domenichelli is introduced to the stage. That's what we're here for. And then he's fantastic. He's not there because he was late. Cause he was over, I think at Fox doing <laughs> an interview announcing that Ford was joining formula one. And we got, Ford CEO roll up right at the end to say, yes, we're Red Bull Ford powertrains now, even though everybody in the room already knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's just like, as well, we were thinking, oh, maybe we'll get some really good interviews either during or afterwards with the team and Daniel. But everything was just, it just felt uninspired. You've got Christian Horner trying to look like Toto Wolf with a turtleneck and the glasses. And just no one really saying anything inspiring. So at the same time, we're sort of looking at all these people raving and ranting about how great it is to have Ford in the sport, that name back in the sport. Where was this? Where's this passion for Andretti and Cadillac? Because it's essentially the same thing. And we it's just sheer hypocrisy. Oh, it's just, it's so frustrating that they obviously understand what having a name, big name brand from America will do for the sport. Have more. You have the opportunity. Stop playing hardball. And I think everything just led up to me finding that is more annoying than anything. I probably oh, wouldn't have been yeah. so passionate about that if it had been a really great launch. But it's just sort of everything's so cold and formal and businesslike. And we're supposed to be so excited about Ford coming in. What The same standards apply for Andretti and Cadillac. So I don't know. Uh, it's, Maybe it's, that's for another day. Yeah, partly that and partly because even Max Verstappen, when he was interviewed on stage, and he also had the big deal of becoming the new ambassador for EA Sports. Well he's done, just, Max. He's just sitting there bored and saying, well, the car looks pretty much the same as it has the last few years. And I'm like, well, at least he's honest about it. Well, and, then, <laughs> and then even though we're told that that was the car on stage, we then find out afterwards from Christian, that's not the car. No. It'll, it'll look different by the time we get to testing. So what a waste of a day. An yeah. absolute waste of a day.
I, I described this whole launch event as a masterclass of arse uh, to describe all of this from Red Bull. This is a masterclass in how not to do a car launch. You take all the excitement out of the room, you stretch your, your viewers' patience, you fill it with stuff that's not relevant and forces your audience to get bored and find something else to do. And then when you finally get to the car itself, it's just so flat and deflating. The most exciting part of, of the whole presentation was Ford coming out in the final five minutes. But by that point, people that have been anticipating this have been around for nearly two hours and their patience was completely exhausted to the point where we got golf claps at the end. Look, there'll be plenty more of um, coverage of this over WTF1 over the next week or so. But we had to sit down and talk about this because this was one of the worst car launches we've ever seen on this show. And we had to basically vent our spleens regarding and this. And I think before we go, I think it's also a good time to maybe go back and in hindsight pay respects to Haas for what they do with their car launch, which is just show us the car. Haas, if, if you're listening, we sincerely apologize for just sending the press pictures and then launching the car on Twitter. We actually understand where you were coming from now. <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been Dre. He's been Kieran. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. Bye bye.